prayer before I get started. Lord, I've studied, but I need your strength, Lord. I've prayed, yet I still need your power, Lord. For you, will you do for your people what only you can do, God? We thank you for this moment. We ask that you will speak to us, speak to us new and afresh, and we'll give you praise for it at the end. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm glad you guys are here. We are in a um, series called Irresistible, our summer book read. Are y'all enjoying the summer book read? Are y'all, are y'all doing it? Yes, Pastor? I'm trusting you are. <laughs> I'm trusting you are. So welcome to Reignite. I'm Pastor Marshall. If you're new here, um, we're so glad that everybody is here this morning. So we're, we're in this series because God has placed in my heart that we should, we should be readers. All of you, including myself, all of you have influence. You influence somebody in some way. So leaders are readers, right? All right. So we wanted to uh, encourage a summer book read, you know, in your spare time to look at this book called Irresistible Andy Stanley. It's been a blessing to me and I'm, I'm praying it has to you. But I'm excited about this word, Elmer. Oh, I'm excited about this word today. It was a busy week. It was a crazy week. I had to squeeze it in. Man, it was busy. I'm excited to give it to you because I birthed a whole lot in this, and God, God is going to bless us. So if you meet me in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, two verses, and we're going to get started. Two verses. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Peter is writing to this young church, this church who's who's uh, experiencing persecution. They're experiencing a lot of fear in the church. It's a church in Asia Minor, and, th and they're going through all these, these different uh, uh, situations. And so Paul is gone, who established the church. Peter is there, and he's writing these letters, First Peter and Second Peter. He's writing this letter to encourage them. Um, so that's, that's what's going on in the context. So in the midst of fear and persecution, Peter reads, Peter reads this way. In uh, verse 15, it says, Instead, instead of focusing on fear, instead of focusing on persecution, he said, instead, everybody say instead. Amen. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your, your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. Uh, verse 16, he says, but do this in a gentle, respectful way. How many of you know, have known people that forgot that part? <laughs> but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. See, when you have other stuff going on, you know, stuff, other stuff starts to come out. So keep your conscience clear. Then if people ask, uh, if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. I wanted to make it a little bit clearer. You know, I'm always trying to explain. I'm always trying to, to make my case to make it a little clearer. So I, I went to the message version and turned it up a little bit. And the message version reads this. Uh, Eugene Peterson says this in verse 15. He says, through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention and adoration before Christ, your master. And, and this is the motivation for the message. He says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are, and always with the utmost courtesy. There it goes again. Keep a, con keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. Again, for emphasis, 
Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. Our subject reads like a statement, but it's more of a quote. I want to give it to you. Acclaimed actor Will Smith, he said this. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's my subject today. If you stay ready, everybody say that. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Y'all got to say it with an attitude. Say it one more time. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Say it like that with your chest. That's right. That's right. That's right. See, we can't control our opportunities, but we can be ready for them. Oh, man, this is the idea. This is the idea that opportunities come at any time and they can come from anywhere. Opportunities can. So if I ask and I am, who's ready to come up here and give me a hug? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So some raised their hands, some, some came up, which I was hoping some would do. Um, the point is, only those who are ready to give a hug will come. Some of us are prepared to give a hug, but we're not ready to be uncomfortable. Pastor, come on, Pastor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> some, some are like, We're, we're either prepared to give a hug or receive a hug, or we're ready to give a hug or receive a hug. Yeah, there's a difference between being prepared and being ready. You know that, right? Say, Pastor, there's a difference between being prepared and being ready. I'm going to help you with that. If you live on the East Coast like we do, from June to November, we're prepared for what? Hurricane season. I don't know how many of you are prepared, but if, you, if you're a student, you're prepared for School, right? You, you prepare for school. Preparation is, <laughs> involves the process of your participation. I'll say that again. Preparation involves the process of your, preparation, of your participation. Woo. Woo. Preparation involves the process of your participation. But when you're ready, that's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. To be ready. Yeah, yeah. Readiness means to be fully prepared to participate. Everybody say fully prepared. To participate. Think about this, church. Think about this. God doesn't want you to be prepared. He wants you to be ready. Elmer, he wants you to be ready. He wants you to be ready. If you could, if you could start, if I could start from the, from the top of your life, at the apex of your life, if I could start from the top down, God wants you to be, he wants you to be ready, not prepared. He wants you to be ready for heaven. Yep, right, right. He wants you to be ready to share your hope, the text says. He wants you to be ready to share your hope. He wants you also to be ready to bless other people because it magnifies his name. So if we could start from the top down, he wants us to be ready in all areas of our Christian lives. Oh, man. And, 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 and it's not just enough for us to be ready. We have to stay ready. Stay ready, as Will Smith said. Why? Because we can't control our opportunities. So I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to, to bring my Bible to work and then, and then hope to read something from it. I got to be ready to, 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 uh, to share what's in me. 
already, right? Yes, 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 because we can't control our opportunities. And here's what I found. This is the insight I found in studying for this message this week. God is not open to every opportunity. But without an opportunity, how would you know if God was ever open? Oh, O-M-G. Pastor, say that again. I'm going to rewind it back. I'm going to rewind the track. God is not open to every opportunity. But without an opportunity, how will we ever know if God was open? That's for somebody right there. Um, See, you can be prepared. You can be prepared for a relationship. And you can also be single and not available. Man, I'm I'm going down somebody's street today. (laughs) I said, you can be single. You can be single, satisfied, and safe. And still not be ready to yield your life over to somebody else. Oh, man, and, and not share, you know, relationships take time and, and you got to cultivate those things. And just so just to be single, you're prepared. But you might not be ready. Uh, uh. And, and another thing that makes us ready, usually experience makes us ready. You know, when we go through some stuff, when we've been there, done that, when we have the T-shirt, you know, um, it makes us ready. Um, after I've lent the money to you and you didn't pay me back. Experience. After I've trusted you with some stuff, with some stuff in confidence, and, and, and you went and told all of Tidewater about it. Experience tells me never to talk to you again, right? <laughs> Experience sometimes helps us get ready. And in our text today, Paul is writing, uh, uh, Peter is writing. And in replace of Paul, he's writing, Peter is writing out of experience. Now, I don't know how much Bible you guys know, but how many of you know Peter? How many of you know Peter? I'm going to help you with that because I know not everybody knows their Bibles. Not everybody reads their Bible until Sunday. Um, so I'm going to help you with that. Peter was the joker who, who uh, always thought he was ready, stepped out, and then found out he wasn't ready. Peter was the guy that, that was in the boat with the disciples. Jesus called them out of the boat, them out of the boat. Peter said, Lord, is, it, is that you? I'm paraphrasing. And he steps out of the boat, and the boats, and he starts looking at his circumstances, and he starts to sink. And I, I, can, see the, I, I can see the other guys in the boat thinking, Peter, you're not ready. <laughs> you're not ready. You're not ready. He stepped out. Thank God he stepped out. Um, Peter's also the guy. Who, uh, when, when Jesus was preparing to go to the cross, because the cross was his assignment, when he was preparing to go to the cross, when the soldiers came, Peter pulled out his little dagger, he pulled out his little sword, and he cut off the ear because he wasn't ready for Jesus to go. Whew. He was prepared, but he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Peter, Peter is writing from experience. Peter's writing from experience. He's, he's also the one who was told he's going to deny Jesus, and he still did it anyway. Man, I wonder this morning, have you ever missed an opportunity because you weren't ready? Mm. Yeah, sometimes we aren't ready. We're prepared, but we're not ready. But Peter was also, Peter was also the one who, when Jesus died and was placed in a tomb, a borrowed tomb, Peter was one of the first to walk, walk down there and peek in and see that Jesus wasn't there. 
So experience taught Peter a little something. So Peter is writing to this church who, who, who's, who's going through some stuff. You know, there's some stuff going on in society. And, the, and there's all kind of fear and there's all kind, of, all kind of issues going on in Asia Minor. But Peter is writing to them and saying, hey, guys, I've been there, done that. Instead of focusing on that, maybe focus on Christ. Maybe focus on Christ. I thank God for his grace. But I also thank God for his opportunity. In every area of life, preparation is always required. I'll say that again. In every area of life, preparation is always required. God is trying to get you ready for something. He's trying to get you ready for something. In your private time, in your, in your, in your time amongst other people, he's trying, to get you, he's trying to get you to position yourself that you give him glory in every area of your life. And so God is constantly preparing ourselves. He's mixing in a little, a little uh, hostility. He's mixing in a little pain. He's mixing in a little pre- uh, pleasure. He's mixing in a little discomfort, all to give you the opportunity to give him glory in it. When the church was integrated, Jew and Gentile, um, they suffered a lot. They suffered a lot. So Peter encouraged them not to focus on their suffering. The Bible says a lot about suffering, but I just want to share one verse to you. Um, What the Bible says about suffering. In 1 Peter 5.10, this is what the Bible says about suffering. I just want to help somebody this morning. After you have suffered a little while, The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. Woo! The God of all grace will himself. See, no church, nobody's on the no suffering plan. Everybody experiences some suffering. And we can't wonder where is God in that. God is working something. I want to help somebody this morning. I, I'm hoping God, God, God is trying to do one of four things in our lives at all times. And this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to restore some, pe- some things, some, pe- some people and some, some things in our lives. He's trying to confirm. He's trying to strengthen. He's trying to establish. We have to look for which one he's trying to do at the time. So, so faith is for one of these. It's for, it's for restoration. It's for confirmation. It's for strengthening. It's for established. We have to be ready to do whatever is required in that moment because that's what God is trying to do. Ooh. So a ready life is a focused life on God. It takes focused faith to follow God's favor. Because <laughs> favor ain't fair. It's not for everybody. It's for his chosen. It's for those that he smiled upon. Those that are his. Uh, In verse 15, it says that we should worship Christ, the Lord of our life. We should worship Christ, the Lord of our life. That means that there's something about him that needs to be worth more than anything else to to me. There's something about him that's worth more than anything worship him. I worship God. I worship him in season, out of season. When it's raining, when it's not raining. When I'm on vacation, when I'm not on vacation. When I'm working, when I'm not working. When my bills are paid, when my bills aren't being paid. When I have a lot of food, when I gotta eat some top ramen. I'm worshiping him. Because I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, man. 
So a, a, a focused life is a, is a life that focuses on God. A ready life also is a life ready to go public. In other words, be ready to speak. Yeah, yeah. A ready life is, is willing to go public. And the problem with Christianity today, though, um, is that Christians are committed to being silent, but nobody else is. <laughs> I'll say it again. The problem with Christianity is, are, is that Christians are committed to being silent, but nobody else is committed to being silent. Everybody else has an opinion on everything. And, and, and yet we as Christians, we, we, we're not ready to share. We, we, we think that Christianity is, is private, it's for us, and we're supposed to keep it to ourselves. And so we pray, because the Bible says, pray in your prayer closet, meaning go off privately and pray. But what if, what if the pastor asks you to pray publicly? What if you got to say grace publicly? What if someone comes up to you and you're trying to get coffee at work and they're asking, hey, could you pray for my cousin, my sister, my brother? Christianity was always designed to go public. <laughs> oh my gosh, do y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not for private. It's to go public. Oh man. So, so, so we as Christians, we as Christians are like a handle on a major problem. I'm going to help you with that. Marco, can you come up here for a second? I like to repeat myself because I don't know if y'all are listening. Some of you are nodding and bobbing your head. And so I have to repeat myself. Christianity is like a handle on a major problem. Y'all know, y'all know what handles are, right? Handles. Christianity is a, it's, it's a mechanism. I mean, a handle is a mechanism that's used to manipulate a larger item. So without a handle, it makes things difficult, right? Can you carry this without using a handle? Yeah, yeah, he can do it. But it might not be convenient. It might not be comfortable. You might not get a lot done, right? Carry this one, too. Without, without the handle. Oh man, he won't get too far with that, right? Right? Uh, with with handles, with handles though, Christianity becomes a little easier. You you can you can manipulate things a little bit better when you use the handle. So so use the handle, brother. Use the handle. You dropping stuff. How many of y'all have dropped people because you? How many of you have dropped people? Because you you didn't see you didn't see the easy access that God was providing, and you're just a handle, but you drop people. Mm, mm, mm. Christianity is meant to be a handle. You are meant to be a handle to make life easier for someone else. And so if you were to try to hold these suitcases, yes, you can do them, but if you don't use the handle, you don't get much done. You don't you don't look right. You know what I'm saying? You don't look right. And you might drop some stuff. You might drop some people um, because a handle makes it easier to travel. Oh, my God. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. A handle makes it easier to travel. It makes life easier for us. Christianity is just like a handle. Christianity is just like a handle. It makes life ready to move. It makes life ready to move something larger than itself. As a Christian, God has designed you 
to move society like the handle. Make it easier to travel, not drop people. Amen. Social critic Oz Guinness said this. He said, the survival of Christianity in America depends upon whether Christians will ever go public because we're so focused on being private. Huh. Yeah. But when we, when we speak, we have to remember when we go public, don't be like the jerk who wants to tell, who wants to tell everybody else everything that they're doing wrong because you found something right. Don't be like the jerk that sits there and says, oh, you can't do it like this, and you shouldn't listen to that, and, and you can't whatever. How far have you come in your faith and your walk with Christ? But so many times we drop people because we're not being gentle. We, we forgot the gentle memo that Jesus said in his word. Be gentle. Be respectful. Be ready to share, but be gentle be respectful yeah a ready life is a focused life and a ready life is ready to speak ready to go public but a ready life is also also has a clear conscience yeah a ready life has a clear conscience which means we should live in a way that we don't have to worry about looking over our shoulder anymore Some of us live as if we're, we're expecting our receipts to catch up to us. <laughs> yeah. What I mean by receipts? The consequences of what you said. Consequences of what you've done is a receipt. And when it, when it, gets, back to, when it gets back to you, now you've got to save face. And, and, and we're not supposed to live like that. We're, we're supposed to live with a clear conscience, focused on God, and focus on what he wants us to do, to be ready to put gossip at bay. Mm. Romans 14, 16 says, don't let your, your good be evil spoken of. Yeah, don't let your good be evil spoken of. I learned that a long time ago. One of my friends in a situation, he did a lot of good things. He was ready to do a lot of good things. turned out bad. Church, I want you to understand that we cannot control our opportunities to be used by God, but we can be ready for them. He said, you can't control them, but we can be ready for them. So this morning, you're either prepared or you're ready to be used by God. You have to decide which one you are. Are you focused? Are you ready to go public? Do you have a clear conscience? Hmm. Are you, are you uh, thinking about heaven? Are you thinking about others? Are you a blessing? It's a ready life. It's a ready life. Uh, prepared people are in the process of participating. But as you leave today, as you leave, I believe God wants you to be ready.
because opportunities are on the other side of the door. Someone needs a hug. Say, someone needs a hug. And, and not, not to manipulate them, but someone needs some love. Someone needs to know that the Jesus that they walked away from is real for you. Someone needs to know that this you are a no judgment zone. Are you ready to be that? Opportunities are on the other side of the door. You can't control the opportunities. I can't control them. That's God's job. That's God's job. Are you cool with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready to go public? Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. wonder if this message was for you would you raise your hand just heads bowed eyes closed raise your hand it was for me first amen 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 all right God and I were tracking this we were tracking you put your hands down amen I want to be praying for you as you're sitting there you're standing there pray for me I also wonder is there anyone here where you're struggling you're just struggling we're in this series called Irresistible, but you're you're resisting a whole lot. There's a lot of resistance in your life. You're struggling. Are you bold? Are you bold enough that while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your honesty. I want to pray for you. Right, hands down. Hands down. Um, one last thing. Is there someone here who needs to know the love of Jesus? If there's someone here who needs to love to know the love of Jesus, I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want you to say it to yourself. And then while heads are bowed, at the end of that prayer, I just want you to look up. If that's you, if you said this prayer for the first time, then I want you to look up. And then we have something for you as you leave to help you go public with your faith, to walk new and afresh with what God wants to do with you. Father, forgive me. I've done things my way. Now I need to do things your way. I believe on your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he is the savior of the world, that he died and rose again to give me another opportunity to make my life right. So Jesus, I receive you now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I pray this, amen. Amen, if you said that for the first time, would you look up? Would you look up, amen, amen? Did you mean it? Did you mean it? Just nod your head if you meant it. Yeah, yeah. If you meant that, nod your head. Yeah, that, that means that means you're his. You're his. When you go public, when you leave this place, God is going to, uh, if something was to happen to you today, he's going to receive you into heaven. Heaven is yours now. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to be perfect. Those that looked up, just keep looking at me. Everybody else, everyone else, keep your head bowed. If you said this for the first time, just keep looking at me because hearts need to know this. Souls need to know this. And, and church, keep praying because people are responding to God's word today. It doesn't matter what you've done. When, when, I, when I gave my life to Christ, man, the biggest thing, I'm just talking to those who are looking at me right now. Uh, the biggest thing that held me back for eight years, even answering the call to preach, was the fact that condemnation of who I was and what I was like and, 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 and I didn't see myself worthy and valuable to, to be his. So I want you to know, when you said that prayer, when you said that prayer, God is not a liar when it comes to his word. You are his. 
You are, there, you, there's more value on you now than ever before. Your value has just skyrocketed, as I just told the church last week. Your value has just went up because you're his. Amen? Amen. See me at the connections table. I have something for you to explain your journey. Amen? All right, church, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for those who made a decision to follow you where they stand. Lord, for the many hearts that, that, and souls that, that were impacted today, we thank you. We ask you to bless those hands that went up today that said that they're having a little resistance. They're, they're, they're struggling a little bit, Lord. Father, your Holy Spirit that's ever present in us, we ask that they will understand that he is there to comfort them and to guide them. So, Father, would you do what you promised to do if we call upon your name? Father, would you do, with, would you do it now in the hearts of your people? In Jesus' name, help them to go public this week, regardless of their circumstances. Help them to go public with their faith.